Good day. Hello, everybody. This is Countercurrents coming to you live from the D.C. Draft House. It is. I'm your host, Petey Steele. And this is Elena Torres. My other host. And we open up today uh, with a moment of silence for our good friend and colleague, Dylan Meyer, that passed away, unfortunately, on... Uh, on yesterday, the 26th day of May. It's a very hard day. Hard days and will be a hard time for DC comedy. It's a huge loss for all of us. If you knew Dylan, you knew that he was one of the funniest guys in the scene and one of the greatest guys in the scene. A big unifier, I think, for all of us. Oh, fantastic guy. Uh, And one of my, personally, my first friends in comedy when I started back in 2012. Um, I was going over my old Facebook DMs for the past six years with him that I'd forgotten about last night. And, you know, he was just always on, just a classic guy and one of the best guys you could have known and Frankly, and I put this up on um, Instagram yesterday, you know, when my stepfather passed about two years ago, he was like the only person, not the only, there are others, but one of the few that actually took time to reach out and say, you know, hey man, like, I love you, anything you want to do, you know, if we want to get together or just talk nonsense or whatever, we should do that, and, you know, I never forgot that, that'll be my fondest memory of him and kind of what he embodied to all of us. But also he was just fucking hilarious. I mean, he was the guy at this time in DC comedy right now. You always wanted to see out. You knew you were in for a treat. Um, Just incredible riffing, crowd work, great material, just nonstop. Um, An amazing presence. Um and so encouraging, I think, to so many of us. Like, I remember when I first started, I I, on, I only started two years ago. And I saw Dylan perform a lot, and he was, you know, sort of like a big guy in comedy. And I was just sort of like a new comic. And, you know, for the first few months, we didn't talk much. But for the past half a year, he has been, he was so encouraging to me, always. And in times, you know, when I'm going last on the Big Hunt show, on Friday at 2 o'clock in the morning that he would often host, you know, he would tell me that I was doing really well. Just say things, say things that you needed to hear in the right time, I think. Yeah. was something he did for so many of us. Yeah, I mean, just as recent as two months ago doing the open mic at the improv, he crept in to do a set and saw what I did and told me it was great. And then not more than that, like... Then I got a text later from Ross Benoit being like, hey, congratulations, dude. Like, Dylan told me what you did up there tonight and stuff like that, you That's know. Great. Just passed it on and, you know, wasn't putting on airs. Because plenty of people come up good set. And I know. And, <laughs> and you're like, that was not set, a good set. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. Yeah, Dylan wasn't like that. I mean. But if you get a call back from another person, they pass it on to you know it's legit. So, yeah, yeah. Um, 
you know, so anybody that's out there that's suffering from grief and loss from all this, because I think we all are in the D.C. community, anybody that had the fortune of knowing him, um, you definitely want to seek professional help. We're big advocates of that at Countercurrents. We sure are. Um, having both been recipients of such help at different times in our lives um yeah it's something we've bonded over and something that we both really strongly believe in that you know you shouldn't have to go through things alone that's right and And sometimes you know you have friends and family members but sometimes a professional can take you through things the way you need and this is such a difficult loss for all of us and if you find yourself hit hard from this we want to be able to help you to find the right resources yeah and i'll i'll you know, gladly help uh, point you to some of those um, that I know of from a professional standpoint, but I'll start with one that I think is very good um, for grief and loss called the Went Center. Um, That's W-E-N-D-T, and they have two locations, um, 4201 Connecticut Avenue Northwest, Suite 300. Uh, The phone number is 202-624-0010. And then down at um, 2041 Martin Luther King Jr. Avenue, Southeast Suite 234, telephone number 202-610-0066. Um, and you can always, you know, hit us up or yeah. know, hit me up for any kind of you know, yeah. additional resources and or just an ear if you want. I mean, Yeah, we're both willing to help in any way that we can. Do my best. And do our best. Right. I mean, we're not professionals in any way, but we're always here to be a shoulder to cry on or an ear to listen to whatever you need. And, you know, if you need more additional resources for whatever you're going through, please come talk to either one of us. Uh, we both know a lot of places and people that you can call and there get the help is. that you might need. There it is. So, um, Dylan, salute to you, good sir. Love you forever. And, um... You will be so, so missed. Yeah. Did, did everything for this scene, my man, and comedy. Um, Let's have a moment of silence for him. All right. Back to counter currents. Back to the business. And this is what it is. This is the way he would want us to go on. So right. we're going to, you know, distract ourselves from the hell that has been the last 24 hours. And, right. You know, talk about some other shit. So what's been popping with you? What's been popping? I mean, you know, the huge doing a lot of comedy. Mm-hmm. Had some telenovela stuff going on that I'm not allowed to talk about in Miami. So hopefully if things work out, I can talk about it. If we don't talk about it again, stuff didn't work out. So we'll see Uh Uh what happens. Been revisiting that world a little bit. Okay. It's funny. You leave for a while and you get calls. So when you do stuff like telenovelas, first of all, I see so many telenovelas. I mean, you got them all day on Telemundo. Well, they're prime time. They're all they're all day and all night. All night I mean, too, all day huh? are repeats of old ones, but the current ones are prime time. I feel like I see more game shows on at night when I'm passing through. On the weekend. On the weekend. On the weekend, you'll see game shows at night and late night. But from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., okay. it's telenovelas. All right, so you got Which, this down. That's good. 
you gotta know oh, that. Oh, I know. Business. Oh, oh, I know. I know. Have you done of... game shows? Uh, no, I've done a lot of talk shows, mm-hmm. but I just never got asked to do game shows. Mm-hmm. Game shows. I mean, there's a lot. Like hosting is a pretty separate world, right? In telenovelas, and the problem is the only reason I didn't do game shows was that you're so busy when you're shooting a telenovela. Mm-hmm. You don't have, and they don't really let you do many other things while you're shooting. You know, you will do talk shows for the network to promote the right. telenovela, and that takes a lot less time. You know, right. that's why you're on the set of a talk show for yeah. an hour. I mean, mm-hmm. you come, you get your makeup done, you talk for 10 minutes, and you leave. So I could do talk shows and stuff, but while you're shooting, they just, like, don't let you do... You can't do any commercials. Is it much like how on the set of a regular movie, they'll tell all the extras and all the, you know, second-tier people, like, yo, do not talk to the fucking actors, like the, you know... Top no. tier guys, and you're, you're they're cloister. They're kind of sequestered away from the milieu. Like everybody has to treat them like it's a wax museum or something. No, no. I mean, sometimes. I mean, maybe they do. I haven't been an extra on a telenovela set before. I know that sounds very. I'm so cool. I've been an extra on a lot of movie sets before. But um, well, but I mean, okay. But if since you've been like the top shit on the telenovelas, like did, you know, did you see you Los, know, Los Ultros getting? <laughs> Put no, to the side. No, They're like they... today, y'all lost Desaparecidos, motherfuckers. No. <laughs> you, you ain't no. touching. You ain't touching Elena Pinoche <laughs> over there. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. They were. They. I mean, we all had like they were kept in like they have like a big shared dressing room. Uh-huh. Like they have like a locker room and we have like private dressing rooms. Okay. But on set, I mean, they were definitely allowed to talk to us. I mean, right. You know, because their background work, they keep, you know, they're like a little bit in a separate section than us. But like at lunch and stuff, sure. A lot of them would look too like scared to talk to us sometimes. But Mm -hmm. like, you know, at lunch and when you're just, there's a lot of sitting around on sets. I think Bill Burr described it best where he says shooting movies is like going to the DMV with famous people. (laughs) Because that's really what it's like. It's just a lot. There's a lot of sitting around. So Take like when you're number. sitting when you're sitting waiting around to like do a scene and stuff like yeah I mean telenovelas are way more just like relaxed in a lot of terms like you know I know on a lot of movie sets here like you hear about like a lot of like Philip Seymour Hoffman's of the world and stuff like that another great talent that we've lost but he would be in character the whole time hmm. and like Daniel Day Lewis does that too I know Method Jim Carrey does it a lot of, where yeah. like people don't break character especially if they're doing accents they don't break accents is that the same as method acting or is that like extreme method acting no that's method acting okay but and and I think even not extreme method acting a lot of people between takes stay really focused which is really helpful and I think people should do by the way mm-hmm. like because you know you do a lot of stop and start right on sets you know you'll be in the, you'll say a line and then they'll say cut and it wasn't even you. That light's fucked up. Go fix that. So they'll like go fix a light and that's like 20 minutes before you do your next take. And in the U.S. people will stay in character mm-hmm. in that time and it's like keep people focused. Like no one takes their phone on set. Mm-hmm. On telenovelas it's like cut. Mm-hmm. Girls wipe their tears or taking <laughs> selfies. Everybody's joking around. Everybody's relaxed. Like nobody gives a shit. Wipe like, their tears. So do people start getting like emotional while they're filming their own roles on these fucking things? The the girls on telenovelas, I think they like train them from when they're really young because I could never do this. They will be like shooting the shit like you and me right now. Uh-huh. Like ha 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 or like texting or some shit and they'll do three, two, 
one on one they'll just break and look at you action and then real tears coming out of their eyes and i was always like how do you do that i had to like listen to radiohead for like four hours beforehand what i because it's so much stop and start what i started doing is i would put Vicks vapor rub all over my hands Mm -hmm. and just like carry it in my on and my prop purse right and then put my eyes in my hands Mm -hmm. and then get water out of my eyes from the vapor rub because we had to cry there's so much crying and you have to cry under so much pressure but these girls could just like get these like real huge i'm like are you hydrated enough for that like i don't think i have that much water in my face like it just took me so much more work but these girls would be like three two one and then cry and scream and then they say cut and then they just like wipe the tears yeah you know, make up wipe the tears and then they're just like hanging out and talking to you again like it's no big no big deal i bet men really suck at that kind of role at the crying stuff? yeah at that at that technique yeah the they role. can't they're not the same they're not yeah. the same i mean they they can do it and they have to do it way less often right but i mean yeah they're i mean they're they're decent how they get people to do that just like without the vix vapor rub they think like think of the saddest fucking thing that ever happened to you in your life well there's a telenovela acting school that a lot of these people like the network that makes telenovelas has a school right so they recruit a lot of these girls and guys from really young so i think they just like have techniques like one of the girls told me it's like a breathing thing yeah, she just like opens her eyes really big, doesn't doesn't blink, and breathes in deep. And I would try that. I'd be like, that trick does not work for me. Yeah, when I went to social work school back in the day, uh-huh. I had a professor who was awesome, and she said, I mean, on top of recommending like therapy weekly for anybody in the field, she said there was this thing she would do once every month or every other week or so where she would watch for her it was watching steel magnolias or whatever right. or some big tearjerker film just so she could get it all out right, right and it was right. like a way of healthy crying or right, whatever right, of coping of letting yeah. out your emotions yeah instead of letting them just sort of like bask inside yeah. yeah and i and i think there's some truth to that like when yeah, that's so. kind of healthy because i haven't really been able to do it that much uh, right. since I got sober almost 12 years ago. Really? Yeah. Nah, I've not. It took a long time to start feeling like real emotions a lot and get my mind and soul or whatever you well, want to I mean, call that's it. what sobriety is. You have to really get to know yourself. Yeah. Right? And that takes time. But Back in order. So now it's like it's kind of, I wouldn't say it's totally random um, when close friends have died. Right off the bat, I won't cry. But then when I'm looking over old texts or something, or if I hear a song that I remembered we shared a moment with or something, then I'll start kind of like tearing up a little bit, things like that. Um, But it's not something that comes... It's I'm happy to say it comes easier. Right. But it's just not... um, it's almost like I got to do some kind of action. Like when Prince died, that was my favorite artist ever. Right. And when I started writing a big tribute to him and everything, mm-hmm. then it kind of started like maybe three quarters down the page. And I was like, holy shit, like this is wow. I also think for men it's particularly harder because there's so much like, don't be a pussy. Yeah. Bro. Oh, yeah, that's and, totally like, there's so what much pressure yeah. on you guys all the time. So, like, you learn all kinds of defense oh, yeah. mechanisms. It's almost like a survival mode. Like, yeah. you're not supposed to show those emotions. You so, learn like, to suck that back so right. young. 
Right. So right. young. Right. So I feel like for guys, it's just like way more pressure mm-hmm. to not express yourself that way. I mean, I think I I think I'm the same, but much less so. But I think I have a lot because I'm a woman. There's a lot less pressure on me from society. Right. You know, I'm, we're sort of like expected to be more emotional. That's right? right. Like in the workplace, if we even get a little bit emotional, it's different. But I think in general, it's more expected. So it's more okay. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think I've been the same where, like, I think when people in my past have died, it's taken me a while mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to hit me. And then because just because of the shock and I think initially everything in your system tells you to block that out. Mm-hmm. And then it does. But I've just noticed, unfortunately, as more and more of this stuff happens as you get mm-hmm. every year and as you get older and older and, you know, you know more people, it's happening faster. Mm-hmm. Like the tears from me are starting to come. Yeah, quicker and quicker. I watched that with my dad, and that was always kind of funny because my dad was forty years older than me. Uh-huh. He started kind of late, so like uh-huh. <laughs> when he got divorced from my mom, and I was like fourteen, I'd stay every weekend with him, and we'd watch movies because that was a way we could bond. Right. And I, he's fifty-four then, and all of a sudden, I start seeing him like tearing up at like at the movie and a lot of the movies and, right. and he never did it at all in like real life or anything like really? that and then i was sitting there like 14 you know trying to be a gangster and stuff and be like you know what the fuck is wrong yeah with yeah, yeah. look at me and start kind of laughing at first and i'd be like yo it's not fucking funny yo you gotta suck that shit in man don't be a fucking right, pussy right, dad right. <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck it, it, it was very um I guess now thinking back on it, it was sort of instructive, but I didn't see that much from other men. Right. Well, I think movies are the first. St- I mean, I always, my whole life, have like cried like a baby in like every movie. Really? Every mo- oh my god! Like, like even movies that are bad, like they just like cue the music mm-hmm. and like have that moment, and I've got huge che- like Josh laughs at me all the time. Oh like, wow! I cry in every single movie, and then I would never cry much in life but mm-hmm. you know obviously i'm also it'll be 10 years in two weeks i'm almost 10 years sober and in those 10 years it's become more i'm not as yeah. afraid you know to just like cry in front of people and not but it's like more and more in life and i think now i'm i consider myself a much more emotional person but before i would be like no i'm not an emotional person yeah but every fucking movie i was like oh my god yeah like, <laughs> yeah you yeah. know Oh yeah, that's, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> so I get where your dad's coming from. Yeah, there've only been a few scenes in movies that do that to me. Um, Which ones? I'll tell you the number one one, and I've talked, and Randolph Terrence will get pissed at me for saying this because this is something he gets him through every time. What? It's a scene from. Uh, Vision Quest. Have you ever seen, no, that, I've never movie? seen that movie? Vision Quest. If anyone hasn't seen it, that's a spectacular movie, and it has a place in my heart. Also, as a movie that I got, well, I didn't get sober. I was in the throes of fucking addiction. I was like mm-hmm. post coke binge, and oh. I don't know. So I'd be sitting there in my fucking apartment, like you know, little studio, totally dreary. I didn't have any pictures on the walls. Typical addict. You have like two pieces of furniture, a fucking mattress and a box spring, you know? And nighttime, I'd eat a jumbo slice. That'd be like my meal of the day at Mm -hmm. this place around the corner. And then daytime when I'm not out drinking or out fucking looking for something or hustle and I'd fucking go and get movies. I'd go to this place, Potomac Video, and they were cool because they used to have every fucking video, like, 
international, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was a more expensive rental, even right. if you got something that wasn't like a famous or a sleeper film or something right. because they had to equally price them out. It was weird. Mm-hmm. And they closed it eventually. And when they did, they sold their whole inventory. It was five bucks a DVD and I'd just gotten this huge thing of birthday money and I went to the store. And, That's why you have so many DVDs. Yeah, and I cleaned <laughs> out. Yeah, she's been yeah, there. Yeah, she's yeah, seen we, that. yeah. You have a lot. I was wondering. I saw a lot of DVDs at your yeah. house. Okay, that explains it. I have a hundred of them that I bought at one time. I walked out with like two trash bags. They were like our noir sections. Fucked. <laughs> the employees were pissed. They wanted to take home yeah. those films, you know. <laughs> but... <laughs> So anyway, so I went one night and I was looking for something that was going to kind of like pump me up. I was feeling like shit, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm looking around. I'm just checking titles and I see, holy shit, like Vision Quest, you know, it it was just hanging to the side. And there's Matthew Modine. He's fucking ripped. You know, he's jumping rope and all this. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, this is some athletic film I never heard about. And I wrestled in high school, so that made it even more interesting. I was surprised I hadn't heard of it then because it's a high school wrestling film. And it takes place in Spokane, Washington. Okay. And so Ronnie Cox from Beverly Hills Cop and Deliverance and stuff plays his dad. Mm-hmm. And he's this wrestler who's going into his senior year of high school. And he just says, you know what, I want to wrestle the baddest motherfucker in the state of Washington rather than just go to college and get a scholarship, which I could be eligible for at my weight class. So I'm going to drop 20 pounds and jump down to weight classes. So he does it and he's getting nosebleeds. He's not eating. It's disgusting in that respect, but it's also like it turns into a rom-com because, uh, some drifter played by Linda Fiorentino back when she was like in her prime. She's like okay. totally fucking hot. Uh, just strolls into town. She gets in sort of like a beef with like a, a mechanic or whatever mm-hmm. at uh, his dad's shop. So then his dad takes her side in her defense, loses his job or whatever, and then he's looking around, but they let her stay at their house like for the time being, and then he is a big, you know, crush on her that they kind of have a romance and all this. It's a great movie. Tangerine Dream does the whole soundtrack. Fucking uh, Madonna has a cameo. She does a couple really? of joints. Yeah, that's where that song Crazy For You is from. This oh, is when Madonna was okay. just starting to kind of get real popping. Like Crazy she had her... For You. That's uh, my voice, everybody. Great. No, that was, a, that was pretty good. <laughs> so, like At that time... You know, she just made, what was it, True Blue, I think, the first album she did, or maybe it's just a self-titled one. And I don't remember the, the name of the first album, but, you know, Like a Virgin yeah. was the first song. Right. And Material Girl was yeah, the first Material song. Yeah, Material Girl. and then Like a Virgin came after, but around there, yeah. Right, so, like, that had just come out, and she was kind of, do- like, famous, but she wasn't quite, like, legendary status. She was right, getting right, to be, right. like, a household name, so they right. started putting her in these movies that right. were kind of, like... You know, they ended up being great films, but they were sleeper films, So, and they would feature, like, one or two songs. So they had that one, for Crazy For You, and then they put her in At Close Range with Christopher Walken and Sean Penn, which is a great, like... Oh, well, was that when she was with Sean Penn? Yeah, when I think she just started. She's it. a great actress, by the way, in my opinion. Yeah. I think she's a very... I think she's actually probably a better actress than she is a singer. Like, just her voice. I mean, that's she's, an she's, interesting she's, thing. Well, she's a great performer. Yeah. That's the thing. But, like, her voice is not 
Oh, I don't know. I happen to love Madonna. I love Madonna. Uh, I love Madonna. Yeah. But her voice is not, she, she's not like some diva voice. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But her right. performance is amazing. And she's an, an incredible actress. And I think she never gets credit for that. I named no, my dog after her movie, Evita. <laughs> yeah, Vita's. And everybody hates that movie. But it's a, it's my favorite musical. And she's so great in it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That she's was so, dope. That was a yeah, great film. Yeah, she's so great in that movie. Yeah. And she's great in a league of their own. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, she's ill in that. She's I, a great, she's a great she's actress. A great actress. But anyway, the Madonna cameo movie Vision yeah. Quest made you cry. Yeah, okay, yeah, makes no. you cry every time. It does. So there's one scene where this guy, and, and funny enough, he's in both that film and that other one with Sean Penn. He just has sort of a small role. His name is J.C. Quinn. He passed maybe like ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Older sort of character actor guy, mm-hmm. and. He plays like a cook, a line cook that works at Matthew Modine's hotel where they, you know, he has his little after school job. Mm-hmm. And before the night where he's going to wrestle the big dude, he comes by to see if he's around or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he says, hey, you know, I went by work. They said you weren't there. You took the night off. You know, what's wrong? You sick or something? And he goes, no, I'm not sick. He says, in this the night you wrestle shoot and he says yeah he says yeah i got shaved haircut and everything mm-hmm. you know and he's like what do you mean they'll dock you for that like you fucking you can't just give up the night and he just says hey kid money isn't everything and then he tells him this story where he says hey you ever heard of pele and he tells him the story of pele the soccer player and everything at the oh, time he, pele pele perdóname. excuse me perdóname. pele yeah, he he would have he fucked it up too. He even said, "Yeah, I'm watching it on the Mexican channel." Yeah, really? <laughs> this is like the '80s, you know. Okay, yeah, yeah, but that's and, that's one of who he was right. big. And he tells the story, and he's just like, you know, he does that bicycle kick back into the goal, and then he just says, "It was pretty goddamn glorious." And he says, you know, and we as humans. He's like, it was just amazing to watch him just lift us up for a very second, a couple minutes or whatever, a better place to be. And he says, like, it ain't about the six minutes. Uh, but, you know, it just so incredibly acted. They have it on YouTube. You can watch the clip. Oh, Every, I'm going to watch the whole movie. Oh, the movie's fantastic. It's just, yeah, that scene, and that scene every gets time, you every time. Every time. Because I was, you know, really in a fueled binge at the time watching it, thinking, what am I going to do with my life? I didn't know what the fuck I wanted. But I knew I wanted to do something like that at one point in time. Mm -hmm. And then comedy kind of, I think, became what that was, you know, to be. And I've had some, yeah, some moments like that, some, not all, but some. I know what you're talking about. I refer to this all the time like this, like. I feel like when I do comedy most of the time, I'm like a person sort of underwater trying to swim up, you know? And if great comedy is like breathing the air and being above water, I feel like occasionally there'll be moments during sets where like the tips of my fingernails will like feel the air and it's just like this whoosh. Yeah. And it's that magic moment that you're talking about in sets. And we all, you know, I think we've all experienced it maybe for one second. And it's just these little moments where you're just changing the room. Yeah. Where everything just kind of hits together and it's just magic. Just pow, pow, pow. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. So that's where we're at with that. And, you know, trying to create that as, as close to it as much as possible. I mean, those are. 
going to be few and far between, but... Yeah, they are, but they're really special. I mean, I think that's what we're all kind of like chasing that moment, I think. Oh, yeah, that's the dragon. Yeah, exactly. That's sort of like... That's when you hit the fucking surface, you break through, and your jaws for a minute. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, I don't know. What's the rest of the week looking like? For me, uh, what am I doing? I'm doing sets all over the place this week. Uh, Thursday I'm doing Town Tavern. I don't remember what else, but that that one I know I'm for, I'm doing for sure. I think I have some other ones, but I don't remember. And then it's my birthday on Saturday. Oh shit! Um, so I don't know what's going on there, but not like I don't get older on my birthday. I mm-hmm. just I just turned 29. I've been turning 29 for 29 in Texas. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been turning 29. <laughs> It's my third annual 29th birthday <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> on Saturday. Yeah. yeah, I just did 37 a few weeks back, and that's a, uh, I don't know. I mean, I knew when I turned 25, that was the last notable number until I got a you know, subscription to ARP. <laughs> <laughs> well, at 25, you can rent a car. That's the, yeah, yeah, that's right. the other Without cool the thing. surcharge. Right, right, right. right yeah, right. I used to say that. This is the last landmark birthday. Yeah, it is. After that, I, I was like, oh, it's all downhill from here. Yeah. And then, well, and then 30, you feel like it's like kind of a landmark mm-hmm. birthday. And every day, this is like the first year where I'm just like, I just don't want anyone to, even though I'm announcing it on a podcast, but I don't want anyone to know this year that it's my birthday. I just want it to be like a regular day. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's how it. I feel. You know, I'm just not, I don't want to make a thing. I feel like most years I want to make a thing out of it. And this year it's like, I really don't want to do a thing. I've felt that way for a long time. And I've felt that for every birthday, the best birthdays have been the last practically since I sobered up because I can look back on the previous year and be like, yeah, that was in service to where I'm at right now. Right. Where, you know, if I get this $100 check from my mom or dad or something like that, I'm not, it's not going to make or break me. Right. I'm not going to go out and blow it on some bullshit right. or something right. like that. You know, I'm just going to be like, cool. And then tomorrow we're going to go back to fucking work. You know, we'll have a slice of cake tonight, you know, but... Tomorrow it's it's back to the board and and the thirties have been my best decade. Yeah, that's um, what that's what a lot of people have said. I mean, my thirties are so. I mean, I'm only I'm turning thirty two, mm-hmm. so I'm very early into my thirties. But my thirties have been so much like healthier than mm-hmm. my tw- my twenties were so extreme. I mean, it was just a mess. Like it was, you know, I I got sober when I was you know, two weeks after I turned 22 and I'd been trying to get sober for a year before that and just fucking that up all the time. But my twenties were so like these highs and these lows and I couldn't figure out like really simple stuff. Like mm-hmm. food was really difficult for me throughout my twenties. Like, right. like going out to dinner was so stressful. Like what was it? You know, like simple stuff that now I'm just like a normal human in yeah. life that I just do and like share with other people. And, totally. like, you know, just the fact that I'm able to just, be normal when Times I, are I couldn't. Better. They're just yeah, not just, exciting as exciting. But it's as so much, nice. It's nice. It feels so good. Yeah. To have things just be so much more normal because you know that kind of stuff. I couldn't. I couldn't do that. Yeah. I couldn't like like my house was always a mess. I couldn't clean my room ever. 
Right. You know, my husband might tell you that I'm still pretty messy, but he doesn't know how far I've come. Like, it was just too hard mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to do things, just to, to do, like, really simple stuff. Yeah. You know, no, for yeah. me, just, like, yeah, life yeah, in yeah. general, these little things yeah. were just, like, like, I just couldn't pay a parking ticket. Mm-hmm. I just had, like, all kinds of parking tickets and all these, like, driving problems because I just, like, couldn't get it together to, like, find a parking spot. I was just such an asshole. I'd be like, I'll just mm-hmm. park in the red. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, when I was really young, I was also, you know, not necessarily sober all the time when I was driving. But, like, you know, I would just be like, I'm just going to park right here at this stop sign. Yeah. Because like I gotta be, I gotta be at this nightclub yeah. right away, or else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like stupid, stupid shit like that. Yeah. I've or like there. get really worried. I mean, it was all for me. It was like all about partying for so long. Mm-hmm. You know, even after I got sober, sober partying for years, and just like, oh my god, I've double booked myself to be at like three different places mm-hmm. tonight. And that was like so stressful. Just like stupid shit. Stupid like that. things, yeah. Stupid double, shit. triple booking yourself, totally. Yeah, it's just stupid shit like that that I just couldn't figure out that are like not things I don't give a second thought to anymore. Right. It has just made this decade. It sounds less exciting. Like, sure, I don't do. Oh, I would have never bought stuff. it then if you'd have told me that was what I was gonna be like then. Right, or whatever. right. I'd have been like, Get the yeah, fuck if you would have told me that I was doing this now, what the life that I'm leading now that yeah. I'm a married lady doing stand up comedy in Washington D.C., I would have told you like never, never. You're a hater. Yeah, and it's it's so nice to just I'm just so much less like overwhelmed all the time, mm-hmm. but I have so much more going on. Yeah, than I did. Yeah, Ten years ago, that's the you, thing. Know what you I mean? get so much yeah. more. You take a look yeah. at your bank statement. You're like, holy shit, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I got so much, and I don't even need most of it for the things I want now. Like, right, right, I'm right. I'm not gonna take this and buy a fucking headline spot someplace or something, you know? Or right. Like, do this or that. That it's just cool. It's just like, all right, there's a little more security. But then again, I also know that hey, if I fuck around and do something silly or whatever could lose it all There's the drop of a dime. There's right. more to lose. So right. I don't want to do it anymore. It's like right. what Chris right. Rock said about uh, gun control. He thinks that it ought to be based on whether or not you have a mortgage. Yeah, yeah, he exactly. Says a mortgage will make you act yeah. right. He says yeah, nobody's right. shooting up a fucking office Maybe with a 729 credit yeah, score. Yeah, yeah, you know? no. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Totally true. Um, so yeah, so it, it's just good to be hip to be square. It is so hip to be square. That's Guys, I mean, I know there's people out there listening to this that are like, that probably just turned this off. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. And went to a party, but that's cool. But guys, it's hip to be a square, yeah. let me tell you. You know, be yeah. Patrick Bateman till you're fucking Marcus Halberstam. Yeah, right? I get it. Yeah, what about you? What do you have going on this week? This week, so the 29th is... Tuesday, and that night, me and Adrian Rodney have got the Colony Club going on. Randolph's going to be headlining. Oh, cool. Randolph Terrence, everybody, one of my comedy mentors and one of the kings of the Arlington and D.C. draft house. Um, Also on there, I believe, let's see, because Adrian books a lot of this stuff. Um, It's going to be... Kurt Mariah, Jose Sanchez, Ken Llewellyn, and maybe a special guest, but until that's uh, affirmed, 
Right. You know, we'll have that. And of course, me and him will be doing sets, so it'll be a good time, and we'll we'll do our thing. You know, so we have that. Then this week coming up, so I imagine I'll try to do a spot up at Attack of the Comics um, Friday night at Haywood's room here at the mm-hmm. Draft House, which will be. 10.30, 10.45 is mm-hmm. every Friday, and I'll do a spot, hopefully, uh, Saturday night here. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. hopefully I'll come on Saturday, too. Yeah, and, you know, we got a lot of events at the Draft House this week, guys. Uh, should stop by one of them. We have Cake in the Break Room. Um, it's a comedy slash burlesque slash a lot of stuff. My girl, Mindy Mimosa, will be on there. That is... Um, May 31st. At 8, that's right. And then we have the hilarious Leonard Oots headlining the main room here at the D.C. Draft House Friday and Saturday night, 7 and 9 o'clock. Um, he's really, really, really he's funny. so and fucking funny. And young, too. Is he's he really? like 23, 25 no. or something is he really? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, I was just watching. Funny. I didn't know he was that young. I was yeah, just yeah. watching. No, no disrespect, but like <laughs> I was just watching a clip from 2015 at Gotham where he's saying, oh, yeah, I just turned 22 or something like oh that. Oh, my God. Like, Holy shit. Um, yeah, so he's going to be there. And then uh, Maurice Brown's going to have his comedy show on Sunday at 7 p.m. with headliner Jason Weems from Last Comic Standing, DC legend. You got to know this yes, guy. one of the greatest in the area. Yeah, 100%. And, um, yeah, so it's, you know, shaping up to be a solid week, and you can always uh, talk to Pete Faharin or you know, fearless leader about yeah. other bookings if you'd like to do your event uh, at the D.C. Draft House. Um, it's a fairly open environment, you know. It's not just – it's mostly comedy, and it I think it should be comedy, but, you Agreed. know, who am I? You know, they Uber says it's Draft House Comedy Theater. It so you know does. what? Yeah. I think it should be mostly comedy, but if you're out there doing comedy and you want to start a show or come to show, this is such a great place to come and yeah. do that and learn. I mean, hey, they've had magic conventions here, yeah, magic yeah. games on past Sunday afternoons. Now, well, there's that guy who monologues dressed as an elf who comes here at Christmas also. Have you seen him? No. Yeah, during Christmas, there's like a big Christmas set that he does, <laughs> and he's dressed as an elf, and he does like these monologues. I don't know if it's comedy or, or what it is, but it's but people love it. It seems pretty cool. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you know you want to so do something like that. I'll come and laugh at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um. No disrespect to, to yeah, the elf guy. No, nah, yeah. not to the elf guy or the <laughs> magic people. Um. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, so you could follow us. Uh, you know, I'm off Facebook right now. I'm kind yeah, of Petey's taking a break. Taking a break, crafting new shit. Uh, but you, I am not off Facebook right now. She's not. So you can find my page at Elena Torres. I actually just released another comedy sketch. I've been shooting more and more sort of sketch online videos, mm-hmm. and I just released one. We've got a few days ago. We've got. About 3,000 views already. It's pretty funny. You can look at my page, Elena Torres, on Facebook, and you can see a lot of local comics in that. Fantastic. And, you know, I'm going to have, um, we will have our Counter Currents page rubbing. Elena is going to be overseeing that. But put, make sure to like that in the Counter Currents Twitter, Currents DC, as well as the uh, Instagram page. Because, hey, if you're of our new followers, 
three or four of them are going to get picked for free tickets to Leonard Oots this week. So and that's a great show. That's a, that's a fucking double bargain. It's yeah, free and it's true. good. Everything free ain't good. You yeah, know? yeah. And, and, and you need to follow us, which, like, how entertaining is that? Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say a lot of shit on Twitter. Um, they don't always reflect the views of Elena, so that's why I always well, put, that's like, what happened. You were, squiggle and steal. You, yeah, well, you were, the other day you were posting all this stuff, talking about, like, Tom Wilson and fighting. I didn't really understand. And then I realized it was all caps. Oh yeah, references, Fuck and yeah. then I was like, "Oh, that makes sense." Yeah, <laughs> my husband's really into the caps too, and I was like, "Oh, okay." And he told me too that there, he was like, "Oh, this game is a lot of fighting and stuff," mm-hmm. which is very exciting. The caps are going to the Stanley Cup. Boom, we are there. Salute to the Washington Capitals all day. I think this is the year we're taking it home. Um, I'm not a sports person, but I'm excited just because yeah. I've noticed in the two years I've lived in DC that DC sports tends to be. A little bit disappointing. Oh, it's a miasma a lot of hell. Yeah, yeah. So, like, finally somebody's, <laughs> <laughs> somebody's in the finals. So, I think it's really exciting. Like, maybe it'll set a precedent for all DC sports. Uh, no, it will not. <laughs> That's why we have to especially savor this. This, right, is, right. Cham- this is champagne. <laughs> right. You understand me? So, at any rate, um, you can follow us there and also me at... Uh, you know, Steelborn DC, S T E E L E B O R N D C, uh, at Instagram. They kicked me off Twitter. I still didn't get a straight answer. Still? From Zuckerberg or whoever. I was going to say, we need an update. Yeah. We, there's a couple updates we need from last week. One, how you still don't have your Twitter. I don't have my Twitter. Uh, also, now that you and I have talked about, uh, me dieting and keeping a fucking log of everything I We eat. were talking about this before the podcast, so let's give uh, some backup. I'm going to do that, and then I'll announce what I ate uh, on the next podcast, which will be embarrassing. Yeah, so what I told <laughs> Petey to do, let's 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 backtrack. Okay, so Petey said, I want to try to take care of myself more. He was saying this to me before we started recording, and I am a nutrition nut. So I was like, listen, if you... Make a journal of every single thing you put in your mouth. Zing. Uh, (laughs) Of every single thing you eat for a week. Give it to me and I'll design a diet for you that fits with your lifestyle. But you can't lie and you can't forget anything. Like he just had a little bag of popcorn that's sitting here in the the draft house dressing room. And I was like, Anna, Annie's drinking a Coke right now. And I was like, you got to put all that little stuff. Like you got to put that in there. So. Next week, he's going to bring me a journal of every single thing he put in his mouth. Mm-hmm. And right. we'll read that out, and then we're going to get PD in shape. That's right. And th- it'll be so good that, like, I'll never have to do that asshole waxing. That was the next thing I was going <laughs> to ask. <laughs> Eating's not going to change the hair. <laughs> no, not anytime soon. Um, Still no. I mean, I even posted the place to go and everything. Yeah, I know. I saw that. That was a good initiative, and yeah. it definitely uh, made me rethink the content we're releasing. It. No. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, that's still that's in the abstract. We can talk more about that. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you still haven't haven't grown the balls to get the asshole wax. Mm-mm. Well, it's a shame. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep giving you shit about it. But we'll start. Yeah, we'll. Every week, I'm gonna ask you. There's gonna be a lot of no's, but I will break you down. I mean, some no. At the end of the day, some girl. 
yeah. that you're really into is going to break you down. It's, it's probably true. That's that's how it works. I'm a ragamuffin. You understand, like, if Petey Steele gets his asshole waxed, asshole waxing will be normalized. Yeah, right. Men. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's, that This is my mission. Like, <laughs> like, this, you know, alphas will be alpha alphas. Right, right. Mm, horrible. <laughs> this is my mission. <laughs> God if I could it. get that done, that's great. But we'll we'll start with dieting also. Yeah, I mean, like, get you in shape. Holy shit! Okay, well, uh, so you got all our math. You know all the events you could catch us around or at. Uh, oh, and you also can catch me. I didn't promote my my Twitter, Instagram pages. My Twitter is really easy. It's just my name. It's just at Elena Torres. You can follow me on Twitter. It's a lot of me being really confused by caps references at PD Banks. And other fun stuff. And then where I'm most sort of active on social media is on Instagram. And my Instagram name is Elena Blondita. Pat out. So we want to thank you again and uh, for tuning in. Of course, dedicate this to the late, great Dylan Meyer. And, um, we miss you. We miss you very much. And um, good day to everybody. Yeah. Peace.